Tesla gives away their patents. Ford updates a lot of fuel economy labels and your questions about sedans next on Talking Cars. Hi, and welcome to Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Gabe Shanhar. I'm Jake Fisher. And I'm Ryan Pulikowski. Tesla, they're in the news again. What's up? I've heard about Tesla. I've heard about them too. So Tesla, um, so Tesla does a bunch of neat things as we talked about, right? The whole lot of new technologies. That's what they're all about. They're a technology company. Yep. And um, with all these companies, there's a lot of patents. So there's a lot of intellectual, intellectual property that they hold on. They don't share with everybody. Lots of patents. So they've decided that they're going to open up their patents and let everyone see and let everyone use them. What does that mean, Gabe? <clears throat> what, what can companies benefit from this? Well, it means that uh, they, uh, <clears throat> they think, at least uh, the party line, is that they, uh, they help, they facilitate the advancement of electric vehicles. Uh, by, by, I mean, using it, the, by using the term party line, well, you imply yeah. that there's I something mean, else well, involved. I, it's, it's, a, it's a great um, PR maneuver for them. One of the best things about this was the name of the press release. Yes, it was. So, yeah, all, 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 all our patents belong to you, was yes, it? That's all it. our patents. All our patents belong to you. Our belong to you. Our so belong there's, to a, you. There's, a, there's a meme about a Sega Genesis game back in the 90s about all our bases belong to our belong to you. Mm -hmm. So um, the thing about Tesla is that they're so kind of plugged in with the, uh, the internet community. I mean, the, you look at our Facebook page, they have like a half a million people follow them, and that's how they're getting the information about that. So, I mean, you read that, and it's like, hilarious, and I shared it immediately, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people are sharing it. I mean, they're big on Reddit. Everyone's following them there. So, but, but, but the point is, is that, is this a PR stunt? Maybe, I don't think so, but I mean, th this is not brand new stuff here. I mean, what does Google do? Google is not, you know, it's-, it's Help it, me find porn. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned a lot about you, Tom, today. I mean, so- uh, It helps everyone find porn, by the way. <laughs> and they know, they know it helps everyone find porn. So. Yes, other than porn-related stuff, um, what Google does- And cats, pictures of cats. And cats, open source. This is, this is the word, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you look at things that Google is doing, it's open source. They come up with the software, not like Apple that has their iOS, and it's like, it's mine, 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 you have to have my phone. And they make you buy $80 cables to connect <laughs> anything to anything. It's open source. So the idea is that everyone benefits and everyone goes forward by actually allowing everyone to use the information, use what they're, you're, they're doing. So, so it's like, um, so, so Google, um, Android, hey, Samsung, you want to use the Android? LG, you want to use the Android? Everyone does it, and it kind of brings everyone up. Now, though, just by having the patents out there doesn't mean a company can immediately jump to it and do it. I mean, these patents aren't like IKEA instructions where all you do is you take an Allen wrench and you follow the pictures and, hey, I built myself a Tesla battery. This is awesome. But, 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 but keep in mind, it's not like they were, they were like showing people their secrets. Okay, no, this is not what about. You could have seen them before. Absolutely. The patents are out there. What the patents do is it prevents other people from doing these technologies. So like for instance, Tesla, okay, the charging time of the battery of the Tesla is like ridiculous. What, right, I mean, it's like five hours with the special connector or it's a, through the supercharger. So, so like so five hours, 20 minutes. way you, much more capability into a battery right. extremely I mean, if you quickly. can allow other cars to charge as fast, so that's, that's just great. So it's possible that what's holding them back is not that other car companies didn't know how to do it, but perhaps it's a protected thing from a patent. I mean, everyone has heard, I mean, smartphones. I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, how come in Android, you know, I want to pinch to, to expand and multi-finger and gestures and stuff. It's not that Samsung doesn't know how to do that or Android doesn't know how to do that, but 
but Apple goes off and tries to really restrict. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No. So Tesla's like, well, let's kind of bring all the boats up, at least what's what they're saying. And, and really, it, it's quite honestly, could be very true that they're allowing other people to advance electric cars. And electric cars have a big problem right now because they aren't that useful. Most of the cars you can't charge in 20 minutes or charge 85 kilowatt hours with that giant battery of Tesla in four hours. So it can serve their purpose to have other people using the supercharger stations or building supercharger stations. That's true. Or it, getting it can in help that. them out in the end because if you have <clears throat> commonalities, it kind of helps your Absolutely. case. And most, also, car, it, it's, and most car companies just uh, feel obligated for the zero emissions mandate. And so they have to have one electric car offer it for sale in at least in California and uh, and do their lip service. Yeah, it's also very obvious Elon Musk does not like lawyers. Because I mean that's that's what patent law becomes. It, it's 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 lawyers, it's it's other car companies coming up with something very similar to what Tesla has, but we have to make it a little bit different to beat the patent and then you get sued and then you argue for a couple years whether it's different enough. They're just giving up with all that. They're they're just moving on. Uh, someone else who's moving on is Ford. Ford, um, they've had to change a bunch of fuel economy uh, labels just, just this week. Yet again. Yet again. What cars were affected, Gabe? Well, the uh, two versions of the uh, Ford C-Max and, uh, the, uh, uh, the, and the Fusion, both the regular hybrid and the uh, plug-in hybrid called Energy, mm -hmm. the uh, MKZ hybrid, and uh, most versions of the Fiesta. Yeah, what did they do? What didn't they do well, right? Well, what they didn't do is they didn't show the actual fuel economy numbers to, to people. And we've been, you know, people who follow us have been knowing. Back in 2012, we tested the Fusion and the C-Max, and we're like, we're getting 38, 39 miles per gallon of these things that have 47 mile per gallon stickers. So, I mean, interesting. I mean, at first, Ford uh, dug their heels and were defensive. Uh, a few months af after that, they came, came up with a label correction, and now it's... The second shoe dropped. Well, and, and keep in mind, the label correction was, I mean, quite clearly what Ford was doing was they were testing the Ford Fusion and assigning the values to the, the C-Max. Right. Now, why wouldn't that work, Ryan? Because they're nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. aerodynamics. It, it blows my mind that they thought that that was even okay. And then seven miles per gallon over what they're, you know, what actually, they were claiming seven miles per gallon over what it actually was. I mean, that's just asinine to me. It, it, I totally agree. I mean, uh, well, I think uh, I mean it's important to just uh, focus this thing. I mean, focus. most the focus was not mentioned. No, no, here. no they pun did intended. Not, did not uh, anything <laughs> focus. I mean, most people that I hear about the C-Max or the Fusion Hybrid, yeah, I mean, they don't get the fuel economy they're supposed to. But you know, pretend for a second the EPA didn't exist. I mean, these cars get amazing fuel economy. I mean, 37, 39 miles per gallon is is like really unheard of for cars of this type. So, I mean, uh, but it's misleading to the consumer to yeah, know, you tell to expect 47, they don't get that, see 47 on the, on the sticker right, right. and not get that, so. Yeah, so Ford's gonna, if you own one of these cards, Ford's gonna be sending you a check. Which they've done before, so. So before <laughs> when they corrected the C-Max, they sent the check um, and they got closer. Um, and now there's another check for the C-Max and there's yeah, more I think checks for. We think if you keep, get, if you own a C-Max, they're gonna just keep sending you checks. Soon the car will be free. You know, the, because it, they sent like 475 before, or 550 before, now it's 475. If you own an MKZ, uh, like our MKZ hybrid, you're gonna get a check for over a thousand bucks. Cause I mean, cause it was seven miles per gallon off. It's sad because it's 
these are nice cars. And these this, are is, gorgeous this is the black cars. cloud over the top of them now. You sure. Know? Yeah, they advertised 45 miles per gallon on this car. Yeah. Um, we got 34. Right. The new labels are, what are they? 38. 38, which is much more realistic, but right. it's like, I mean, to, to me, it blows my mind. I mean, you know, how do you develop this car? I mean, obviously, people drove this car before it went on sale. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in the last year, I mean, four people drove this car. Um, they weren't getting 45. Right. You know, I mean, so there's... Hypermiling, maybe, and they thought yeah, they sure. could get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it didn't really work out. Uh, there is something I want to go back to that, that you said that, you know, these are nice cars. Uh, we, among one of the questions we had on YouTube, and I apologize, I didn't plan to use this question in the show, so I don't have the person's name, so I apologize. It was someone asking... They'll know. They'll know, they'll know what we're yeah. talking about. Go back and look. Go on YouTube, <laughs> look, you'll know who Put you are. Put your name in the comments. <laughs> That's right. Um, the person wanted a comfortable, quiet car to use in the... Um, HOV lane. The HOV lane in California. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Basically, fusion hybrid, a fusion hybrid MKZ energy hybrid. Or, well, C-Max. In order to get the full sticker, you need to go. You need to get the energy. Um, yeah, it's a plug-in. These are very quiet, very comfortable, very nice, very fuel-efficient cars that just tend not to get the math right. And they the they maximize their electric drive, and uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, on the energy They're, models. Right. Yeah. Uh, even on the regular hybrid. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a well-thought-out car. We just mm -hmm. want people to have accurate numbers. So, so what happened was Ford said they made an error in the calculations, and that's why these ones were all off. Mm -hmm. And they readjusted up to, you know, as well, the MKZ, which was about 7 miles per gallon difference. Yep, it's quite a change. Uh, I'm going to get to some questions. We had several questions of people looking for just a good family, just a good mid-size sedan, something that will last a long time. We had two questions. They were very similar in intent, so I'm going to read them both. And then we'll, we'll talk about them. Uh, Amari Roundtree, I'm in the market for a new car. I want to buy another Accord V6 sedan because I managed to get over 300,000 miles before it was totaled out. It proved to be very reliable 14 years. What's the difference between an Accord and a Passat? And what would you recommend between the two? Let's answer that one first. Accord or Passat? Ryan. Accord. Jake. Corvette. No, um... <laughs> Accord four, FRS? Accord four cylinders is probably really what he yeah, needs. I wouldn't mess with it. I don't think you need the six. Uh, Gabe? Well, if you need the six, then I wouldn't uh, dissuade him from getting the six. But uh, I uh, would caution that uh, the uh, infotainment system that comes with the V6, the, with the EX mm -hmm. V6, is uh, problematic. Right. In terms of uh, use and also reliability. Hopefully they've worked it out by now. Yeah. Don't Hopefully, know. yeah. Um, why not a Passat? That's not the car you want to keep at 300,000 miles. That uh, is going to get uh, expensive uh, to repair uh, over time, uh, very likely. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience. I uh, can too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a nice car otherwise. It is a nice car. Yes. Uh, here's someone else looking for a nice car, Jonathan Gwynn. Currently, I drive a 2012 Honda Civic LX. The rough roads I ride over really expose road noise, unfiltered rides, and tin box feel. And it gets tiring. I've been test driving mid-size sedans for the last few months, and I've narrowed it down to the Six Sport and Accord LX, which we mentioned. The Accord has been your top pick in mid-size sedans for two years, but almost every other car publication has the Mazda 6 beating the Accord. For a daily driver that I'm going to keep until it dies, what would you suggest between the two and why? And would it be worth waiting on the 2015 Sonata, Camry, and Legacy? Let's first ask the question, Accord versus Mazda 6. Ryan, what do you think? Accord. Well, why? 
Well, Accord V6. Either one. The either one. Seat. I'm just physically more comfortable inside that car. It's a it's, very accommodating yeah. car. It, there's plenty of room. I mean, I'm 6'2", and I sit in that car quite comfortably. Well, it, let's uh, customize it for this person here, mm -hmm. because, I mean, if he's complaining about road noise in, in his Civic, forget about the 6. Yeah. And ignore what the, the uh, Buff magazines say. They're deaf. Because I have some friends that went out and bought a Mazda 6 because they thought it's like the best family sedan Everyone out there. Everyone said it's the And they're all disappointed because it's loud and it's, uh, it's low. It, anyway. I mean, you want to want quiet. Gabe is a big fan of the Mazda 6. <laughs> well, I mean, for some people, it's the right car, but not for him. No. Jake? Yeah, that's it. I mean, Mazda 6 got a lot going for it, but if you're really concerned about noise and, and that kind of stuff, then, then you want to stay away from it. Right. Uh, you know, it's an interesting question. Would it be worth waiting for a 2015 Sonata, Camry, or Legacy? First, I want to say, look, you want to buy a car that goes 300,000 miles without messing with it? That's a Toyota Camry. That is one of the most reliable cars you can get, you know, a conventional six-speed automatic. It's not fun to drive. Maybe the 15 will be better. I don't know. Well, let me throw one other thing. If you're looking for a car that's going to go really long distances, you don't buy the car in the first year. Ooh. So. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, I do want to say, though, the Legacy. The Legacy. The Legacy's a hell of a nice car. Real, I mean, really promising. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a chance to drive a Legacy. We can talk about the Legacy, but not the Outback because of Subaru embargoes and crap like that. But the Legacy. So a, it's a nice riding car. It's, it's roomy. Nice it's, it, it's a good car. All-wheel drive, nice yeah. interior, uh, very impressive car. Yeah. Um, now for the controversial question of the week. Uh, this one from Rigoberto Chavez. His statement, too much talking. That's how he sums up our show. What is the name of our show? Maybe he wants more cars. As opposed to? Talking cars. The show's about <laughs> talking. We're going to talk about cars. The whole thing's about talking. It's like saying the internet has too many pictures. And Stop. cats. And porn. And porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too much porn on the internet. Uh, let's see, last question. From Robert Williams. Any opinions from you guys on the Volkswagen Tiguan? After watching the last episode where we talked about German engineering, is the Tiguan a good value? I see it's a recommended pick, but does its price make it a bad buy? How about buying it used, and how loaded with tech should one go? There's not much tech in a Tiguan. Uh, base models with less electronics, more reliable. Tiguan, good, bad, indifferent? I like the Tiguan. Yeah. I, we had a, uh, the last one we had, I think, had like 18-inch wheels 19s. on it. I wouldn't do that. No, don't do that. Yeah, 19s. it was a little too rough. But, if you um, like your teeth, do not buy. <laughs> right. Do not buy that. buy the SEL. By yeah. the SE, I mean, it's a really nice car. I mean, it, it's roomy, it handles well, it's quiet. I mean, it's definitely feels more premium than the regular or small SUVs like a RAV4 or a CRV. But yeah, I mean, the value, I mean, it's, it's is more it expensive. Worth, is it worth the money? You know? Well, it's, it's a uh, subjective question. Well, here's the thing it's what you compare it to. I mean, if you compare it to a yeah, RAV4, Forester, and CRVs, it's a lot of money. But actually, if you compare it to like the small luxury vehicles, it holds its own. So if you want to look at a, an X1 or a GLK, I mean, it's basically a Q5. Even Acura RDX. Absolutely. I mean, it does yeah. Absolutely. almost everything better than the Acura it, RDX. It really does. It drives it. So you put it in that perspective, it really is a, a pretty decent value if you're looking for that kind of luxury. And like we mentioned earlier with the Volkswagen Passat, it's not the most reliable SUV out there, but it hasn't been horrible. No. So, you know, you're going to give up something compared to the Japanese brands, but maybe it's worth it for that more premium feel. The shame here is that the Ford Escape is not more reliable. That's a real shame. 
because that that has a premium feel. <laughs> that has a premium feel, and totally. it's quiet, and it's yeah. better equipment, and it's less money. Um, yeah, it's fun to drive. It is really fun to drive. Uh, but we're going to wrap up there because on the next episode, we're going to talk about two cars that are really fun to drive, the Porsche 911 versus the Chevrolet Corvette. We'll see you then. Thank you.